Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. There are usually two camps of people when quitting the corporate world to pursue their passion and entrepreneurship full time. The first camp prepares. They save for six months of income. They set up a client list preparing for this next chapter and they might even secure some health insurance. Then there's the other camp of people who eventually get pissed off enough and on a whim quit in a blazing fire. Believe it or not, I was in the latter camp. My journey into quitting the corporate world was filled with trauma. It was filled with anger. It was filled with fear. And I'm really shocked that it's taken me this long to share this piece of my story because it is such a big piece of my story. So I'm really eager to share the story of the week I quit my corporate job in this two-part series. Today, you're hearing part one, which is the week leading up to me quitting my corporate job and the actual execution and how that looked. It's such a big part of my story for so many reasons. Rest assured, I won't be sharing any tips and tricks in this episode, but I'm really hoping that you'll be able to walk away feeling inspired and maybe a little less alone. If you are at a point in your entrepreneurial journey where you are thinking about quitting your corporate job, or any job that you're pursuing that is not filling up your cup, you know you are called to do something else. I just really hope this resonates with you, and I hope that you share it with somebody who might need to hear it. Now, I had been in this job for almost two months, and this is actually a job that I thought was my dream job. I went to college, and I changed my major like a 100 times, but ultimately, I graduated with a degree in international studies, communications, and leadership. So whenever I landed this study abroad job, and this is actually the second time that I had applied to work with this company, I was elated. I thought I had made it. I was 24 and thought that I was just this big girl in a big girl job with a big girl suit and big girl clothes going to the city and taking public transportation. I felt like I had made it. Now, this particular study abroad company designed trips for high school students and college students, specifically with teachers. And this year, specifically in 2012, we were preparing for the Rio Olympics. So my job was to communicate. Actually, I take that back. It was not to communicate. It was to cold call teachers who had expressed some kind of interest on the website that they might want to develop a study abroad program for their students. So what I thought I was going to be doing was changing the world and taking students to see the world. And most of my college career and all of my student loans that I had taken out were dedicated to studying abroad, seeing the world, exposing myself to new cultures. 
I did everything I could when I was in college from having an internship in London at an interior design company. I studied poetry, specifically Shakespearean poetry at Oxford. I helped build a church in the Dominican Republic. I went to a conference in Italy as a representative from my university. And I backpacked through Patagonia while learning about the gaucho culture. So when I say my my college career was dedicated to studying abroad, it was really dedicated to studying abroad. And that's what I thought I was going to be doing. I thought I was going to be changing the world for the youth of America. Well, realistically, what I was doing was cold calling teachers and getting shut down immediately. First of all, cold calling is like the worst cold calling teachers who are already overwhelmed, overstimulated, taking care of kids, trying to teach youth. The last thing that they want to think about doing while they are at work is going to a different country with all the kids sitting in their classroom. So this was a very challenging piece of the business. Add in that I had really started trying to dip my toe into my photography business What did this mean? Well, I didn't have any clients in Colorado at the time, but I did have a few folks back in West Virginia where I had moved from a year earlier. What's really funny is that once I started working in this corporate job, I was actually booking sessions in the bathroom for my fall trip going home to West Virginia. I had already taken a week off to go home and be with my family for a big transition that we were going through as a a collective. And I was getting phone calls from people wanting to book senior photo shoots, wanting to book engagement shoots, wanting to talk about their weddings. And so I was actually literally like hiding in the bathroom, hoping that nobody came in and caught me in the act of building my photography business while I was on the clock and should have been working. Fast forward a couple weeks. It was about two weeks before I quit my job and I got really earth shattering news that my parents were getting divorced. This was rather abrupt. And it felt like my family life just fell apart in an instant. My entire identity was rattled. If if you've ever been through the divorce of parents, it is just, it just shakes you. It shakes you at your core. And at this point in my life, I was 24. Everybody I knew had parents who were getting divorced in middle school when they were 12, 13, maybe if things were a little rocky, like 17 or 18. But by the time I was 24, I felt really confident in my family life. I felt really confident dating somebody and being able to say, hey, my parents are still together. They've been together my whole life. Add on top of this that this just wasn't any divorce. It was actually a very traumatic divorce that I won't go into detail here. But needless to say, my entire identity and foundation was completely ripped out from under me in a matter of minutes. This also fell on the heels of moving to Colorado, which if you haven't listened to my very first episode of my my summer, I spent homeless <laughs> living in a tent in Colorado. Go listen to that because there's a lot of really great stories in there. But my parents' divorce fell on the heels of me moving to Colorado to pursue my dream of being a wedding photographer. Shortly after I got the news that my parents were divorced, Mike, my, my husband and I were out camping And we were sitting around the fire and he said, so what do you want to be doing when you're 30? And at the time I was 24 and I very overconfidently said, well, obviously I'm going to be a photographer. And he came back with, well, obviously it takes five years to get a business up and running on its own. And 
this was the first that I had heard this news. I was totally prepared to like get my website up with my really crappy logo and just like the floodgates were going to open and I would be way too overwhelmed with business. So when Mike told me it was going to take about five years for my business to have its own legs and be running and basically doing everything on its own, it shook me because I just, I, I was not prepared for that. So that meant at 24, I was not going to have a business that would be fully up and running and supporting me until I was 29. And we had already started talking about wanting to have kids. And so I, I knew I wanted to get pregnant before or around the time I turned 30. So I was like, wow, really creeping up there. Like if I have to dedicate the next five years to building a business, what am I, what am I doing in the corporate world? So then Mike asked me a question and he said, would you want your boss's job? And I was like, you know what? I haven't known the guy for very long, but I don't. I would not want his job. At this point, Mike was already working remotely. So he was at our apartment. We had just moved in together. He was at our apartment taking the dogs to the dog park and going to the grocery store and going and having lunch and a beer on a patio while I'm inside an office in downtown Denver. Like, what am I doing? Why am I missing out on this time? So Mike reminded me that the only place for me to go in this company was to my boss's job. That was my only option. Like maybe I could take over as president one day, but if I didn't even want my boss's job, there was a really good chance I was not going to want to be CEO. At this point in my corporate journey, I had been putting in way over 40 hours a week at this new job. Of course, I'm trying to prove, to prove myself and my worth. The really frustrating part was that they quote unquote rewarded us with beer and pizza in lieu of paying overtime. So I would get to work at 7 a.m. and sometimes be there until 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. Again, I'm calling teachers. I'm calling teachers at their home at 7.30 at freaking night. I'm not getting paid overtime and they're bringing in pizza and beer to like really, I don't know, butter us up. This was not, one, a healthy work environment. Two, it felt really toxic. And three, I had never really been a person who was like, you're not paying me enough for this. But this was the first time that I felt, yeah, you're really not paying me enough for this. Photographers, let me guess. You've been wanting to scale your photography business for quite some time now. You've cherry picked all the images, maybe you're shooting for free, and you've daydreamed of quitting your nine to five to work for yourself with unlimited freedom and outrageously loyal clients. But something just isn't aligning. You're throwing spaghetti at the wall and none of it's sticking. You've fantasized about the income you could make if you just started, but the thought of starting your business makes you physically nauseous. If this sounds familiar, I am really excited to share with you a 12-week group coaching program and online course that I am working on for my audience. During our 12 weeks together, you're going to learn how to stand out in a saturated market by leveraging your unique gifts outside of the camera. You're going to establish your indelible brand experience that's going to result in referrals, rave reviews, outrageously loyal clients, and a booked up calendar. You're gonna leave our time together with a fully designed, beautifully crafted brand identity and client experience. On top of that, you're going to confidently master the ins and outs of authentic and ethical marketing. Not only are you going to get all of this, you're going to be immersed in an outrageously supportive community with yours truly, myself, along your side to walk this journey with you. 
Now there are lots of more bonuses and information. If you are interested, go to launchtolivelihood.com to learn more and apply. The corporate job promised that I would get to go travel. If I had booked enough groups, enough students, built enough relationships with teachers, I was going to get to go to the Rio Olympics. I mean, this was just, this was, I thought, my dream job to travel the world and get paid doing it. Something else that was a factor at this point in my life was that Mike and I had just started dating. I really loved that he had so much independence. At that time in 2012, working remotely was kind of unheard of. There weren't a lot of people working remotely, especially in my life. Everybody I knew had to go into an office. And so Mike and I had these really big plans. We wanted to buy a house one day and move to the mountains. And so my mind went to this scarcity space of, I, I, I have to have this job. Whether I'm getting paid what I deserve is irrelevant because I need this job. Maybe I can just do photography on the side. So there were just, there was this whole culmination of things that I wanted. I felt like I was such a failure if I quit my corporate job less than two months of actually being there and trying to prove myself. There was a day that my boss actually pulled me aside and told me that he needed me to come into work the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Believe it or not, this did not sit well with me. For those of you who have ever experienced any type of independence, which up to that point I had, I had been a nanny. I had been working at, gosh, it was a Banana Republic. I had been working in a clothing store. I really got to make my own schedule. I had experienced that independence and it is really sickening to have somebody tell you what you're doing isn't enough. We're going to need more of you and on a holiday weekend. (laughs) So once he told me that, I was like, huh, do I want to keep going at this pace? On top of this, I feel like I I just have to mention, again, my, my parents had just got divorced. Our family life was absolutely shattered. My whole identity was rocked. Everything that I thought I knew, I no longer knew. I was living in a new town. I was living in a new part of Colorado with my new boyfriend, my new dog, and now a new job and a family life that was going to be changed for the rest of my life as I knew it. Everything at that point in my life, I felt like came down to this moment of my boss saying, we're going to need you to come in on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Now, Mike and I had just started, again, we had just moved in together and we had just started kind of doing family vacations. You know, at that point when you're early in the relationship and you're like, how much of them do I want to know about me? How much am I going to share? Is my family going to be weird and embarrass me? So Mike had invited me to go on a camping trip with his family that weekend. I had already said yes. And let me tell you, I'm a woman of my word. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. So when I got home that night, I was exhausted because I wasn't getting home until eight o'clock at night. And then I was getting up at six in the morning. Nope, I wasn't. I was getting up at five in the morning to leave my house by six to be at work in downtown Denver by seven. So when I got home that night, I told Mike, my boss wants me to come in on Sunday. I don't think I'm going to be able to go with you and your parents on this camping trip. And Mike started asking really hard questions. It's one of the things that I love most about him is he can separate himself for just long enough to ask 
really hard questions. And he started asking me, is this what you actually want? Is this the path that you want to take for your life? If it is, I support it. But if you are not happy, I support that too. And while we had been on our camping trip just a few days earlier, Mike had told me, if you ever want to quit your job, whether it's in two weeks, two months, or two years to pursue photography, I support you 100%. And at the time I thought, yeah, two years is a good benchmark. Maybe I'll shoot for two years from now. I'll quit my corporate job. And that night I said, did you actually mean that when you told me that if I wanted to quit my corporate job? And he was like, yes, absolutely. If you want to quit your corporate job, we'll figure it out. I will take on more of the workload. I So I, I did have a lot of support around Mike. Keep in mind that we were in our early 20s. We were making zero money. I did not know what to do about health insurance at that point in my life. So there was a lot of unknown, but we were young, we were naive, and it all sounded really good. And we didn't have children or anything other than our dogs really relying on us. So for the rest of that week and weekend, I spent all my free time calling trusted family and friends to seek counsel on quitting my job to pursue photography. Uh, do I recommend this? I'm not quite sure because I got great advice from some people who are like, yes, you are talented. You are going to make this happen. Like screw the corporate world. Get out of that. That sounds toxic. It sounds awful. And then I called people who were like, Ooh, that's a little scary. Are you sure you want to do that? And I remember thinking like, when am I, when else am I going to like, what better time than now? Ultimately, obviously, I decided to quit my job. I spent so many nights up tossing and turning. I wrote, I can't tell you how many pros and cons lists I wrote. And really this, the only thing on the con list was it's unknown. I'm scared. What if I flop? What if I end up having to go work in retail again? There are so many things that at that point defined success for me that I did not want to go back to. I did not want to go back to a nannying job. I love kids and I love the families I worked with, but it, I also felt like I had outgrown that chapter of my life. I did not want to go back and work retail. I had been working retail since I had been 15. I had been waiting tables since I was 16. I did not want to go back to work for somebody else. And that was the biggest, that was the biggest decision that I made before I quit my corporate job was if I do this, I will never work for someone else ever again. That is the only reason that I will quit this job is if I can commit to never working for someone else ever again, to never have somebody else tell me I have to work on a weekend, to never have somebody else tell me so-and-so sick, you have to come in and cover or else. I didn't at the time have kids but I did not want somebody to tell me you cannot stay home and take care of your children because what we are doing here is more important. Also, I was tired. I was so tired of making other people money. I was tired of having to fight for a salary, of having to tell somebody, I know I'm worth more than this. Even though my experience is not here yet, I am a hard worker. But in the corporate world, if you don't have the experience, you really don't have negotiating power. Despite the character reviews I could offer, despite the work ethic I knew I had, there was always going to be somebody else 
telling me what my time was worth and they were going to be the ones who put a value on it. Not only the time that I was paid for, but the time that I was allowed to take off. That was something that I really wanted to protect as well. Quitting my corporate job and never working for anyone else again was I wanted to be able to travel and take vacation whenever I wanted. And that was one of the things that Mike brought up when I did quit this job. Again, I got into this work because I wanted to see the world and I wanted, quite frankly, someone else to pay for it. And I wanted to share it with youth. And Mike said, if you quit this job, do whatever you want. We will travel the world. We will go see the world. We'll do it on our own dime. And it's going to be even better because no one's going to have expectations. If we want to sleep all day, we'll sleep all day. We don't have to be anywhere because it's our trip. So I gained a lot of perspective during that week of deciding, am I going to quit my corporate job? Or am I just going to be a slave to a company that I no longer feel connected to or good about? (sighs) Tuesday morning came. I had decided I'm going to tell my boss today that I'm giving him my two weeks. So I walked in and I asked him if I could have a conversation with him. He said, sure. And I said, can we bring, um, it was one of my teammates with me. She was a little higher up in the company than I was but she had been my my mentor up to that point. So I brought them in this room. It was a glass room. And I knew that people were watching because it's a big glass room. And I had just asked our boss to have a conversation with me. So I walk in and I said, listen, I, I really appreciated what I've learned from you guys these last few weeks, but I'm going to have to give you my two weeks notice today. And my boss looked at me and he said, no, you can pack your shit now. Honest to goodness, he said, you can pack your shit now. And I said, well, would you like two weeks? Because I I can be here for two more weeks. And he said, no, pack your shit now and leave. You guys, what boss handles an employee leaving with a response like that? There are a million different ways that he could have handled this. My coworker, who was above me in the, in the company, didn't even look at me. She sat there in silence and stared off into the distance. She didn't say a single word to me. And my boss eventually said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, <laughs> I was really nervous and I was, trying, I was trying to puff up my chest. I was trying to be confident. I was trying to take up more space. I said, well, I'm going to start my photography business. And he was like, you are what? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pursue photography full time. And he said, well, good luck with that. That's probably not going to go anywhere. And that was it. That you guys, that was my experience leaving the corporate world. And I could not have been more grateful. I got so much validation with his response and her response by not saying anything I was so validated. There's nothing. If he had said, oh my gosh, we're so proud of you. We're so excited. You should start your photography business. Wow, you're so talented. I've seen the pictures of your selfies on your desk. I probably would have been like, oh man, should I have left this company? That was really nice. No. The response that he gave me and she gave me were the exact validating responses that I needed to know I have just made the best decision of my life. 
Lucky for me, somebody brought me a box. A few people like waved goodbye. And Mike was waiting for me on 17th Street in downtown Denver with the car packed for a big camping trip just outside of Uray, Colorado. I was so grateful that I was going to be able to make it to this really important really important event in my life. I didn't have family in Colorado. Quite frankly, I didn't have anybody in Colorado except Mike and one of my best friends from from, um, middle school. So to me, family is everything. And to begin developing this relationship with my boyfriend's family was really important to me. The dogs were there when I walked onto the city street with my box of belongings on the verge of puking. I jumped into the car, Mike and I kissed, and we drove out onto the highway towards our campsite that was five hours away that awaited us that Labor Day weekend, that infamous Labor Day weekend. I'm really eager to share part two with you of what those first few weeks post-corporate world looked like, because I'll be honest, it's probably not going to be what you think. Be sure to listen next time as I share about the week after I quit my corporate job here on the Fearless Vampire podcast. <laughs>